Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, it's Thomas Party. Welcome to this edition of Arsenal Audio Magic Program. Arsenal vs Sevilla, Wednesday, November the 8th, 2023. Kickoff, 8pm. The contents, captain's notes, around Arsenal, sustainability, player feature, Mohamed Elneny, foundation voice, community voice, Black History Month, Academy Young Gun, Will Sweet, around the Academy, women, visitors, Sevilla, Match action, Sevilla versus Arsenal. Match action, Arsenal versus Sheffield United. Match action, West Ham United versus Arsenal. And teams. Martin Odegaard, Captain's Notes. I'm not used to watching games on TV. I find it hard. And Saturday's match especially was a hard one to watch and not be involved in. I really wanted to be playing, of course, and that game was extra frustrating with everything that happened. I thought we were doing well against them, especially in terms of defending, at a place that is really difficult to play at. I don't think they created much at all, and normally they can hurt you with set pieces and create situations in the box, but they didn't have anything. We stopped their threat. But it was a physical and intense game, and we also struggled to create big chances ourselves. Apart from that though, we controlled much of the game, and we deserved at least a point. Then when their goal was given, it was a very weird one, and it just makes it even more frustrating to deal with. We can take positives though. To control a game away to Newcastle is not easy. We did a lot of things well, but still didn't get anything from it. The main thing now is to look at ourselves. We can all discuss the different situations we faced, but at the end of the day, we just have to focus on what we can control. That's how we'll improve. The main thing is to take all our ball possession and times we get into the final third and convert that into big chances so we can score more goals. That's the main thing to take from that game, the details in the attacking side, because everything else we did really well. Days like Saturday can also bring everyone at the club closer together too. The players, of course, but also the staff and the supporters. When things don't go your way, or you feel like you have not been treated fairly, you have to stick together even more. 
We can use that in a good way. Make sure we've got each other's backs. Improve the areas we need to. Then I'm sure we'll get better and better throughout the season. We already had the disappointment from the West Ham defeat before that, and that was similar in a way too. They created some problems for us, but maybe we missed some of that fighting spirit we showed in the duels in the Newcastle game. Also with the ball as well, we didn't play our best game. That happens sometimes, and we've spoken about that. Every game is a warning that whenever you're not at your best, you will be punished. In every game, you have to be sharp and ready. My goal at the end was a nice move from the team and showed what we can do. But by then, it didn't matter. It was too late. Personally, it was obviously really disappointing to not be fit to face Newcastle. But I've been working hard all week to be back as soon as possible. We've been focusing on tonight's game ever since the weekend because it's the perfect game to bounce back for us. Another big night at the Emirates in the Champions League with a lot at stake in the group as well. We want to qualify as soon as possible and we all know how vital these home games are in the group stage. Everyone will be fired up for this one to put our disappointment and frustration out of our bodies. We played Sevilla a couple of weeks ago so we had a chance to see them closely and although they're struggling a bit in La Liga they're always competitive in European football. They've done so well in Europe in the last few seasons and they have a new coach now too so they've changed their style a bit and look like they want to play a bit more. They have quality players too, and I know their goalkeeper Orjan Nyland very well from the national team. He's been a part of the Norway team ever since I came up to the seniors, and I'm really happy to see him doing well at Sevilla, because he's been all around Europe over the years. He hadn't been playing much in the past, usually as the number two, but now he's playing every game and doing well. It's great for him, and it's also great for Norway to have a goalkeeper playing regularly at this level and in the Champions League. He's showing what he can do now. When Arsenal play Sevilla, there's always the memory of Jose Antonio Reyes and it's a chance for both sets of supporters to remember him at tonight's match. I watched him play when I was younger. I was too young to really remember his Arsenal days but he was also a major player in Spain when I was growing up and I watched him on TV. Such a special talent and somebody who I know the fans loved watching. An exciting forward that used to light up games on his own. Finally, I want to thank our supporters, especially those of you who made the long trip up to Newcastle and back at the weekend. It's incredible the commitment you have, and we never take it for granted. It means so much to us, and you really are a big part of what we want to do and achieve. I'm looking forward to being back at the Emirates tonight, and feeling the connection once again. Around Arsenal Milestones for Eddie and Ben Congratulations to Eddie Nicotia and Ben White who both reached landmark appearances for the club against Newcastle United last Saturday For Eddie, the game against Newcastle United marked his 100th Premier League appearance while Ben reached his century of appearances for Arsenal in all competitions Of Eddie, Mikel Arteta said He has earned that right to play 100 times. We tried to explain to him what his role is in the team and the opportunities he would have like any other player in relation to his performance. The fact he has played that many games is because of his own performances and the reasons he is giving us to trust him. The boss added, 
I think Ben has a big personality. He copes with pressure really well. He has a lot of quality. He gives us different positions and he has been a key player for us. The way he trains every day, the way he applies himself is top and we need players like him. Congratulations both and here's to many more appearances in red and white. Paying our respects to Jose. Jose Antonio Reyes was loved by every club he played for. So when we played Sevilla away on October 24th, manager Mikel Arteta was honoured to join Sevilla president Jose Castro Carmona in laying a floral tribute at the shrine in his honour inside the club museum at the Ramon Sanchez Pizjuan Stadium before board members from both clubs swapped Reyes Arsenal and Sevilla shirts on the evening before the game. The Spain international winger played 110 times for Arsenal, scoring 23 goals across three seasons in North London after joining us from Sevilla, where he started his career in January 2004. Jose made 96 appearances during his first stint at tonight's visitors, scoring 24 goals and following spells at Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid and Benfica, he returned to the Raymond Sanchez Pizjuan Stadium in January 2012. He then went on to make a further 157 appearances for the club, scoring 16 goals before joining Espanyol in June 2016. He died in June 2019 in a car accident. It was a particularly moving experience for Mikel, who played academy football alongside Jose for the Spain youth team and roomed with him before facing him as an Everton player in the Premier League, while sporting director Edu, of course, was a teammate of Jose's in our invincible side. We thank Sevilla for giving us the opportunity to honour a player who represented both of our clubs with such distinction. Tommy is your hero. Takahiro Tomiyasu has won our Men's Player of the Month award after a string of impressive performances throughout October. The Japanese defender made some telling contributions during his five appearances and he polled 64% of the votes to finish ahead of Declan Rice, Gabriel Jesus and Bukeo Saka. It is Tommy's first monthly prize since September 2021 and it's fully merited for his efforts in helping us go undefeated in the Premier League and move to the top of our Champions League group. The fullback played all 180 minutes of our away games against Lens and Sevilla and made an impact in three substitute appearances in the Premier League. He played a key role in Gabriel Martinelli's late win against Manchester City as he pushed up field and was again instrumental when introduced at half-time against Chelsea to help us recover from 2-0 down to earn a late point. Then, on his 50th Premier League appearance, he scored his first goal for the club in our 5-0 win over Sheffield United. Congratulations, Tommy. Congratulations also go once again to Bukeo Saka, who was presented with his September Player of the Month award at the Sheffield United game. You can find out more about that presentation elsewhere in the programme. Ian Wright Honoured Congratulations to the Arsenal giant that is Ian Wright, who received the Freedom of the City of London for his services to sport and the capital. He was joined by some very special old friends and colleagues. Our former Vice Chairman, David Dine, and his former managers at Arsenal and Crystal Palace, 
George Graham and Steve Koppel. Well done, Wrighty. And while we're on, congratulations, Wrighty, on your 60th birthday last Friday. Tonight's officials. Our on-field officials this evening are all from Romania. The referee is Istvan Kovac, who is officiating his first ever Arsenal match. Istvan's assistant referees are Vasil Florin Marinescu and Mihail Ovidu Artena. And the fourth official is Horatio Mirasea Feznik. Off the field, the VAR official is Bastian Dankert from Germany. And his assistant in the studio is Benoit Milo, who is from France. Tonight's permutations. We could guarantee qualification to the knockout stages of the Champions League with victory tonight. If we win and Lens beat PSV in Eindhoven tonight, we are assured of a top two finish in Group B. If we win and the other game ends in a draw, then we could still need a point from our last two games to qualify. If we win each of our next two matches, both at home, then we are guaranteed to top the group with a game to spare. Arsenal-Bulgaria tackling cancer Arsenal Supporters Club Bulgaria organised their 8th Autumn Women's Charity Football Tournament in October. In less than four hours, ASCB raised 8,000 BGN, £3,564, with all funds going to the GOLD Foundation, which helps children beat cancer. This year, ASCB ladies and three other amateur teams took part in the tournament and entertained more than 200 enthusiastic spectators. But there was a twist to the rules. Each team could field one man, but if he scored, it would count for the opposition, not his own team. To make the game even more entertaining, the men who took part were famous Bulgarian actors, singers and journalists. Arsenal Supporters Club Bulgaria has also donated 2,500 BGN, £1,115, to cancer charity Match of Hope, set up by former Aston Villa and Bulgarian captain Stilian Petrov. Many famous footballers took part in the friendly game between Bulgaria and the world, including Dimitar Berbatov, Martin Petrov, Hristo Stoikov and two of our invincibles, Robert Pires and Colo Toure. Well done to all. Hong Kong fans party at 5-0 win. Hong Kong Supporters Club members were given a pleasant surprise when they were invited by one of Hong Kong's best-known shopping malls, Olympian City, to attend a live broadcast party of our home game against Sheffield United on October 28th. It was crazy to witness our beloved Arsenal win 5-0 with over 150 supporters cheering us on that night, say the club. We're glad we could put on a good show for you. Arsenal X Maharishi Adidas and Arsenal have launched a limited edition range with London fashion brand and streetwear giant Maharishi. The collection brings together London-centric streetwear and Adidas performance to one of London's most iconic clubs. Combining the best in Adidas pre-match and travel wear with Maharishi's utilitarian aesthetic, our club identity is artfully blended in to create a unique and modern uniform, which also features an Adidas Gore-Tex jacket and pant for active sports and lifestyles. 
The supporting campaign showcases Arsenal and Maharishi's shared values of togetherness and community, whether that's at home, on the street or on the pitch. It features Arsenal players Declan Rice, Reese Nelson, Emil Smith-Rowe and Manuela Zinsberger. The collection, designed in collaboration between Adidas and Maharishi, displays a bespoke camouflage pattern, DPM, Bonsai Dragon Scales, inspired by the forthcoming Lunar Year of the Dragon. The range, which includes a pre-matched jersey, anthem jacket, short and socks, as well as off-pitch pieces including a hoodie, tee and pant, is designed in line with Maharishi's use of powerful mythological creatures and our own rich heritage. The pieces are detailed with embroideries and prints celebrating the club icons of the canon, plus a new incarnation of club mascot Gunnosaurus. This limited edition range is now available from club shops and arsenaldirect.arsenal.com. Ticket news. Home tickets. Arsenal vs Burnley. Premier League, Saturday, November 11th, kick-off 3pm. Tickets for this match are on sale to Silver, Cannon, Red and JG members via the Ticket Exchange service until 12pm on Saturday, November 11th. Arsenal Women vs RC Lentz, UEFA Champions League, Wednesday, November 29th, kick-off 8pm. Tickets for this match are on sale to Silver, Cannon, Red and JG members via the Ticket Exchange service until 5pm on Wednesday, November 29th. Arsenal vs Wolves, Premier League, Saturday, December 2nd, kick-off 3pm. Tickets for this match are on sale to Silver, Cannon, Red and JG members via the Ticket Exchange service until 12pm on Saturday, December 2nd. Arsenal vs Brighton and Hove Albion. Premier League, Sunday, December 17th, kick-off, 2pm. Tickets for this match are on sale to Silver, Cannon, Red and JG members via the ticket exchange service until 11am on Sunday, December 17th. Away tickets, Brentford vs Arsenal. Premier League, Saturday, November 25th, kick-off, 5.30pm. GTEC Community Stadium. Tickets for this match sold out to Platinum Gold and Travel Club members with 45-plus away points. Notice board. To my darling Sophia, happy 11th birthday. I really hope you enjoy the game and your special day. Love from Daddy. Kiss, kiss. Enjoy the game, John and Grandpa, from the Wells and Campbell families. Happy 30th birthday, Aaron Egan Hanlon. Love, ma'am, dad and Rosie. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Welcome to Emirates Stadium, Tio Sinyak, and happy 14th birthday. Have a great day. Massive happy 40th birthday, Kieran Paul Lodge. Have an amazing time celebrating. All our love, Jenna and your champ, Callum. Happy 12th birthday, Clock End Devon. Our number one, Guna. Lots of love, mum and dad. Kiss, 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 kiss. Happy 50th birthday, dearest Jamies. Here's to celebrating your big birthday with a big win. Up the Arsenal. Love, Guna Girl, doing. Happy third birthday, Rory Dots. Hope you had a wonderful day with your family, including fellow Guna Kit. With love, Sandra and Oscar, kiss, kiss, kiss. Aussie, happy 60th birthday. Here's to always winning in the final second. 
Hope your heart holds out. Rhea, kiss. Happy 10th birthday, Bo Honan, for today. Arsenal's biggest fan and future Arsenal player. From Mum, Dad, Zach and Blake. Kiss. Arsenal remembers. Jack Brazil. Remembering Jack, who died recently, aged 22. To say he loved Arsenal would be an understatement. They were a huge part of his life and he loved getting the opportunity to work for the club on match days. Once coming face to face with his idol, Thierry Henry. But he was too overwhelmed to speak. Jack will be hugely missed by his friends and family who would like to draw attention to the 24-7 Papyrus UK Suicide Prevention Hotline 0800 for young people who are suffering with their mental health. Kev Brannigan, a third-generation Arsenal supporter who died suddenly, aged 61, leaves behind a wife, Trish, and children, Joe and Claire, and his beloved brother, Colin. He was loved by all that met him and will be greatly missed. Adam Brocklehurst, our beloved son and brother, the most amazing person you could ever meet. Arsenal was in his blood, gone too soon, but I know he will be forever cheering on his beloved Gunners. Aaron Bernard, in loving memory of Aaron from Nottingham, who has sadly passed away aged 40. Adored by his family and friends, he was a true Arsenal supporter. C-O-Y-G. Kim Cruz, Arsenal through and through, in loving memory of a Gunner for life, never forgotten. 5th of October 2023 David Allen Dave was obsessed with Arsenal. He made lifelong friends at Highbury and the Emirates. His final weeks were spent singing Arsenal songs. The Arsenal family love and miss you forever. Colin Emerson In loving memory of Colin who followed the Arsenal for many years. Husband to Anne, dad to Mark and Sarah, granddad to Cara, Ellie, Hannah and Cameron. He will be sorely missed. Thanks for the memories, Dad. Kiss. Alan Stanley Weston. Passed away on February 20th, 2023, aged 85. A lifelong Arsenal fan from Farnham, Surrey, he will be sadly missed by wife Susan, son Steve and Stuart, grandchildren Gemma, Mark, Billy and Bridget, and great-grandsons Percy and Tommy. Jeff Beddingfield. It's with shock and immense sadness we have learnt of the recent death of Jeff, a founder member of AISA in 2000. He has been its only treasurer and in that time helped to shape the association's purpose. Well respected and much valued, he will be greatly missed by us all. Sustainability Islington Net Zero. Islington has been our home since 1913. It's where we belong. We love North London and we want to work with our community to make it even better. On October 31st, our Director of ESG, Environmental, Social and Governance, Hannah Mansour, was a speaker at the Business Green Net Zero Festival held in Islington at the Business Design Centre. 
the festival brought together more than 50 exhibitors, more than 100 speakers, and up to 3,000 delegates to explore how to accelerate the net zero transition and deliver on its huge potential. Hannah was invited to join a panel by Islington Council to discuss the vital role of partnerships and collaboration to deliver net zero ambitions. This gave her the opportunity to talk about how Arsenal is working towards reducing our emissions and, in particular, how the local community can work together for a collective, positive environmental impact. Joining Hannah on stage were Nikki Gaddo from Goodmine, a company focusing on reducing waste and the circular economy, and Sue Collins from Caxton House, a long-established community hub that, amongst many other activities, helps local neighbourhoods towards decarbonising. In an interactive session chaired by councillor Rowena Champion, the panel were able to discuss the benefits of collaboration as we strive towards reducing our environmental impact bringing local businesses, residents and council members together to share expertise and create solutions that benefit all is how we create a just transition to net zero. Labour of love The kit has landed. As part of our support for Bore, home of the Arsenal Forest and all of the 28,425 trees we've now planted, every season we send a huge consignment of Gunner's kit out to Kenya. Match shirts, shorts, training tops, socks, waterproof jackets. It primarily comes down from our training centre, where it was the previous season's first team and academy players' training gear, hence the squad numbers, if you look carefully, and is hugely appreciated by the workers at the Arsenal Forest site. And of course both of the football teams, the Bore Lions and Bore Lionesses, who are proud to represent Arsenal in the region. Carbon Link, our partners in the Arsenal Forest project, also chip in with the football boots, which they buy in Mombasa each year. And there is a grand unveiling of all of the new kit and boots at the Arsenal Forest Centre. It's one of the most exciting days of the year down in Bore. Be a part of the Arsenal Forest. For more on the project and to buy your own trees for just £1 each, scan the QR code on this page of the programme. Together, Mohamed El Nani. We speak to our first team players about what togetherness and team spirit means to them. Our long-serving midfielder has seen a lot of change in his time at Arsenal. But one thing has remained constant, our team spirit. What has changed, in his view, is our bond with the fans. Mohamed Elneny is, within the Arsenal squad, our link to the past. He is the only player at the club who was signed by Arsene Wenger, and one of only two, along with Rhys Nelson, to have played under the manager who led the Invincibles 20 years ago. He has seen success in the FA Cup and Community Shield, but he also has witnessed the club navigate its way through a turbulent period to the stability of today. He has suffered injuries that have kept him out of action, often at times when he was making a telling contribution on the pitch. 
Yet he has never complained, and he has, throughout that time, been sustained by one quality that he says is as strong now as it was when he arrived at the club, spirit. This is a really important word for me, he says. Spirit is the hunger you have, the work you do, everything about your work, and how you give everything to the team. To see what the team needs from you and to be able to do it all comes from team spirit. The sacrifices you have to make as a footballer are all about team spirit. It's why we're here, to make everything work together as a team. That togetherness was a key ingredient of Arsene Wenger's greatest successes, the bonds within the double-winning team of 1997-98 and the Invincibles themselves are still strong and was still in evidence when Mo joined the club halfway through winning a fourth consecutive Swiss Super League title with FC Basel in January 2015. Everyone made me feel welcome, but there were two people in particular who went out of their way to make me feel at home, Mo recalls. The first was Arsene Wenger, the day I arrived at the training ground, and the second, Mikel Arteta. He was a player, he was the captain. As soon as I came onto the pitch, he was talking to me, and after, we would go for lunch, and in the dressing room, he was talking to me, all through my first few days here. What Mikel also did was talk to my agent, Mo adds. The agent came to the training ground to see me for a week or two after I came to Arsenal, and Mikel was always chatting to him. Now my agent says, Mikel, he was really good with coming to me and telling me you were a really good player because he knew my agent was going to tell me, and it made me happy. I think things like that, which seems to be part of the Arsenal DNA, are incredible. Mo has come a long way since being born in El Mahala, Egypt, on July 11th, 1992, although football has been his life for as long as he could remember. Most young players recall playing on the streets or in a cage, for their school or for a local club, but not the young El Neni. I played for Al Ali, I think the biggest club in Africa. I joined when I was six years old, he says. It was two hours away from my hometown, so we had to travel there for a long time, but it was really, really good. I loved it. It was always football for me. I was always a footballer, and it was the only sport that we all loved. I was the captain, and I was playing as a centre-back, and later on I changed my position to midfield. That statement hints at a steely determination to take control of his own destiny, the ability as captain to determine where on the pitch he was going to play, rather than be told what to do. Having joined Al-Ali in 1997, he moved to the academy at rival Cairo club El Makaulun and made his first team debut in 2010. Three years later, he moved to Switzerland, and his travels have given him what he considers to be an insight into the importance of diversity in football. Mo embraces the array of nationalities and cultures in the current Arsenal squad. I think it's the main thing for a human being to try to learn from everything that's around you, he says. It's good to learn about other cultures, learn other languages and learn how other people think, because every country is different. Ever since I came to England, I've picked up some Spanish from Mikel and the coaches, and also some Portuguese from the Brazilian players. It's important to pick things up from different people and cultures. 
Knitting those different personalities and cultures into a cohesive unit is the challenge for any manager, however. That diversity is a really good thing, but we also have to make it together, Mo adds. If I stayed in my own space, with my own language, my own culture, and my own thinking, it wouldn't be good for me or my teammates because everyone thinks differently. It's good to be different and everyone brings good things, but the main thing is to remember what we do and how we do it together. Mo thinks it speaks volumes about the unity at the club that he is unable to pick out favourites from among his teammates. I like them all, he says with total honesty. And I think this is what makes us stronger, because we're all really good with each other. We're really together, and we do everything together. I love Mikel's ideas, for sure, because he always wants us to be together with him as well. Arsenal have a lot of young players in the squad, and Mo has watched many of them graduate from the academy to the first team. As one of the senior members of the squad, he is aware of his responsibility to help guide those following in his footsteps. I always try to do this because I was in this position once myself, he says. When you talk to them and give younger players advice, they know how important it is. A good thing is that they are listening. Some young players, not here I must say, think they are big already and they don't stop to listen. But the players here are listening to us and want to learn more. I think that's why they're doing great things with us. That bond works both ways, and the midfielder says the team has always been there for him too, through good and bad times, and especially when he has been out of action. I can't think of one time when I've needed my team behind me and I haven't had them. They're always there for me, and they're always there for each other. I think it's something we have already in our culture, in the dressing room and in the squad. When I was injured, I never felt that I wasn't part of the team. I never felt that I was away from the team. They've been brilliant with me, the club as well, and Mikel and all of the coaches helped me a lot. They've always been behind me. Talking of coaches, the team spirit at Arsenal extends beyond the squad across every department, including the coaches and medical team. This, Mo believes, is what really sets the club apart. I tell you, all the players who play for this club say Arsenal are the best, but no one explains why. And that's why. We work as a family. We really work as a family. And everyone talks to you here. Everyone says the same thing. And even the new players feel the same thing. When you come here, you are already in the family. You speak to the medical staff and it's like you're one of them. If you talk to the coaches, none of them think they're bigger than you or anyone else here. They're your friends. On the pitch, we work really hard and we know what we want from each other. But outside of that, we're friends. The media team? At many clubs, they are far apart. But here, they talk to us and we feel that they are one of us. We are one of them. And that's why, for me, this is the greatest club, he says. OK, I play here, yes, but I promise you that if you go anywhere else, you will not feel this sense of family. It's unique. How has that happened? 
I think when they choose who comes to Arsenal, they are really picky, Mo suggests. There are players who can come here and players who can't. The club think about what it means for players to come to Arsenal, and when those players come here, they are one of us straight away. I don't know how they do it. We have new players, they come from different teams, different countries, and straight away they are with us. And I bet that if you talk to them, they will say that straight away they feel like they are part of this family. I remember how I was welcomed when I came here, and it's still the same. We welcome them. They have been here maybe one week, and they feel like they have been here years. That togetherness has, of course, extended beyond the pitch and into the stands, particularly since the team moved up a gear in the late summer of 2022. Asked to pick one moment that exemplifies this bond between player and fans, Mo struggles. He can't. I would be lying if I said only one moment, he says finally. For me, last year was a really special season. I say that with respect for all of my years here because the fans have always been really good. But last year, the fans, I could see the joy from them and I could feel that the fans felt like they were one of us. It is very difficult to do this. Mikel, for me, is a genius because he made this connection between the players and him and the club and the fans all of us together. I think it's something really magical, because you have to do magic to do this. I swear, the fans feel like they are one of us. They're not apart from us. They come to the stadium happy, and you can see how much they are behind the team. When we are away, maybe at Newcastle, you see how many people come. We are lucky to have these fans behind us. Foundation Voice Arsenal Acts The Arsenal Foundation has helped to fund St Luke's Community History Group, which organises trips to landmarks and museums for older people. Local resident Jean Chapman tells us about some of her personal highlights. I was born in St Leonard's Hospital, Hoxton. I lived on Essex Road for more than 30 years, then moved to Finsbury, that's the Old Street area, in 1975. My father was a fireman in Clerkenwell during the war, helping to save many important buildings in the city. And I remember him taking us to Parliament Hill to keep us safe. As for me, I was a clerical officer in the civil service for over 40 years, and I'm proud to say that I have an MBE and Long Service Medal. I have long enjoyed going to St Luke's, and as well as joining the history group, I used to like line dancing, and I belonged to a walking group. I can't walk so far now, but love to be out and about. The exercise has done me good down the years, and I love the social aspect. I found out about the history group when my neighbours Cecil and Jean invited me along. St Luke's told me that the aim was to support older residents in EC1 to get active, reconnect with each other and benefit from joining a friendly, supportive community group that would help us to make new friends and stay involved in the community. 
We have been on many interesting trips to places such as Sadler's Wells, St. John's Gate Museum, and the Imperial War Museum. I think my favourite was Windsor Castle. We had a beautiful day and a great guide who shared all the inside stories. The staterooms are so impressive. I also really enjoyed going to Mansion House. It's on our doorstep, so perhaps we tend to overlook it, but it has a fascinating history. If you haven't visited, you should go. We heard about all the grand receptions held in the banquet halls and famous visitors. And of course, it goes without saying that I loved our trip to Emirates Stadium and the Arsenal Museum. Just seeing the clock brought back memories. I am a proud Londoner and I love history. It is so nice to have the chance to visit historic places and learn new things. When you are working, you never have time for these things. I have been going to the group for over 10 years now and have made some great friends who are all interested in the same thing. I am an Arsenal fan, of course, and as well as visiting the club, we went to two sessions to look back on old times at the Islington Local History Centre. As a child, I stood behind the goal at the old stadium. My dad was a fan too. In fact, everyone on our estate was an Arsenal supporter. I think it's lovely that the club is able to give something back to the local community and help such a wide array of people, including me. Young or old, we all appreciate the support to make our lives just that little bit brighter. For more information, visit www.stlukescommunityhistorygroup.org where you can also access their film, After the War, Finsbury Stories which was made with funding from the Heritage Lottery Fund to celebrate the history of the London Borough of Finsbury before it merged with Islington in 1965. Community Voice Project Islington Virtual School, incorporating Arsenal Kickoff Homework and Learning Club, holiday programmes, employment support, Christmas Day events. Arsenal Contact, Jack Ferguson, Senior Manager, Secondary Post 16 Education and Employment. Contact jferguson at arsenal.co.uk. The last week of October is when the annual National Care Leavers Week takes place. Arsenal in the community is immensely proud to work in partnership with Islington Council to celebrate and support care for experienced children and young people. Arsenal in the community, Islington Council and Islington Virtual School, a group of education professionals who work with social workers and social care, work in collaboration to provide opportunities for children and young people. They take part in a range of activities with Arsenal and attend specially devised events and courses at the Emirates Stadium. These are designed to boost life and workplace skills and help young people progress into employment. The success of the relationship led to a formal agreement between Islington Council's virtual school and Arsenal in the community in 2021.
Everyone involved is passionate about providing the best opportunities for young people and inspiring them to succeed. Islington Virtual School's partnership with Arsenal is a great example of community parenting, so says Matthew Blood, head teacher for Children with a Worker, Islington Virtual School. We are proud to be associated with our local club, helping children and young people connect with Arsenal and fulfil their dreams, he adds. Some of the programmes that Arsenal in the Community and Islington Virtual School work on together are Arsenal Kickoff Homework and Learning Club. Weekly sessions are held at the Arsenal Hub for Care Experienced Young People in primary and secondary schools. Arsenal Kickoff provides a safe space after school for them to complete their homework and take part in educational activities. These include exploring ways to tackle racism in football, analysing football data and exploring Arsenal's rich history. These sessions are followed by structured football sessions with our coaches. Arsenal Kickoff also received special visits over the last year from Arsenal player Emile Smith Rowe and singing sensation Mabel. Young people who attend have said they love coming to Arsenal Kickoff and the football is cool, but wish the sessions could be even longer. Holiday programmes. These provide opportunities for foster families to come together at the Arsenal Hub and neighbouring venues to visit Emirates Stadium and take part in structured football activities. Employment Support We work closely with Islington Virtual School to provide carefully planned opportunities for vulnerable young people to receive support so they can progress into employment. Christmas Day Events Every year on Christmas Day since 2017, the Arsenal Hub has welcomed care leavers to celebrate Christmas together. This is a much-valued service, as Christmas can be a lonely time for care leavers and vulnerable people. Care leavers are given a Christmas meal and take part in fun activities with Arsenal and Go Forward Youth and Islington Council staff. Jasmine Chowdhury, Deputy Head Teacher for Children with a Social Worker at Islington Virtual School, says... Working with Arsenal in the community allows us to nurture the love of football and empower young people and their families for the better. It enables young people and their families, especially those from vulnerable ones, to realise that, as a club, Arsenal is focused on ensuring all communities succeed. At Arsenal, we are proud to welcome care-experienced young people from Islington, along with their foster carers and their families, to the game today. We would like to thank staff and colleagues from Islington Council for all their support, as well as the wonderful foster carers and their families, for their dedication to improving the lives of children and young people. Being an effective foster carer can make a huge positive impact on young people's lives. If you would like to know more about fostering, email fostering at islington.gov.uk or call 020-7527-7933. Black History Month. Arsenal Axe.
We celebrated Black History Month in October with an unprecedented number of events and club content. First up, of course, was our programme, which was guest edited by author of Black Arsenal and an associate professor at UCL, Dr. Clive Nwonka. The programme featured more than 50 pages linked to Black History Month. The comprehensive focus included a very special cover, which doubled as the poster. Dr. Nwonka interviewing Rhys Nelson, Martin Odegaard discussing multiculturalism, a focus on our famous five quadruple winning women, Alex Scott, Mary Phillip, Rachel Yankee, Leanne Sanderson and Anita Asante, Sol Campbell's thoughts on Black History Month and much, much more. Our website also hosted a wide range of Black History Month content, including features with our first black player, Brendan Baston, huge Arsenal fans Femi and TJ from Mercury Music Prize winners The Ezra Collective, local supporter and cross-party peer Baroness Lola Young, Olympian and popular broadcaster Jeanette Kwake, and further thoughts on representation from Dr Nwonka. The club's YouTube channel also featured an extended interview with Brendan and his unique position as our black trailblazer. Arsenal in the community highlighted the work of Dr Addison, who runs Box Up Crime, one of our No More Red partners. They also posted about black heroes from the community's social media channels and worked with local schools to profile inspirational black women, tying in with this year's theme of saluting our sisters. The Academy also used their social media to lord black heroes and the under-11s travelled to Brixton to the Black Cultural Archives. Read more about that event in the Academy section this issue. Across the club, we also participated in lots of activity to celebrate BHM. An excellent event was put on by our Ethnic Diversity Advisory Group, hosting Anika Leslie Walker, a senior lecturer in sports sociology at Nottingham Trent University. Blogs were written by members of EDAG on subjects such as black women's health and the Windrush generation and staff recommended numerous novels, films and other resources that could help others understand the black experience. Academy Young Guns Will Sweet Text Brian Matuvu Photography, David Price and Stuart McFarlane. The Basics, born Wimbledon, October 2nd, 2006. Join 2011, under fives. Height and weight, 6 foot, 72 kilos. Position, centre-back. School, Yule Castle, Epsom. Number, 105. Rate yourself. Pace, 75. Dribbling, 78. Passing, 85. Shooting, 73. Defending, 85. Physical, 80. I grew up in Wimbledon, and my introduction to football came from attending my older brother James's training sessions, where I would kick a ball around with my dad. James, who is three years older than me, and also in the Arsenal Academy, was a big role model, and has had a big influence on my football journey. I started playing football at the age of four and attended Yule Castle School, where I played for the school team throughout my time there. Although football has always been my primary sport, I dabbled in cricket during my younger years 
and found it another enjoyable diversion. When my brother joined Arsenal at the age of eight, I was able to watch his training sessions. While I was there, one of the coaches allowed me to join in with the under-fives and within a season I had joined officially. From then on, I've been part of the academy set-up. Growing up, I looked up to Jack Wilshire, who now happens to be my under-18s coach. I vividly remember emulating his style, from the specific boots he wore to the way he played the game. One of my favourite memories of Jack Wilshire is his goal against Norwich, which in my opinion stands as one of the best in Premier League history. Being coached by him is a privilege, given his extensive international and Champions League experience. He has had a big influence on my development. I originally played as a left winger until I was around eight. After that, I transitioned to a left-sided centre-back, a position I've grown to love. I appreciate the vantage point it offers, allowing me to survey the entire pitch and make a meaningful impact on the game. One of the most memorable moments in Hale End days was the under-11 futsal tournament, where we were 2-0 down to Norwich in the final, but displayed amazing character to mount a comeback and secure a dramatic 3-2 victory. Receiving my scholarship was an amazing feeling, a dream come true. By that point I'd been part of the club for most of my life and the realisation that I would be at London Colney was truly amazing. Having my older brother by my side in the same setup has been invaluable, strengthening our bond as we see each other every day. My ultimate dream would be for us to play on the pitch together for the Arsenal first team one day. At the club we have several brother combinations, including Brian and Arthur Onkonkwo and Ishmael and Salah Edin Ulad Mahant. Being at London Colney and witnessing academy players rise to the first team is highly motivating. Seeing my brother on the bench in the Brentford Carabao Cup game and Charles starting is a testament to the pathways available at the club for those who work hard. The emergence of players like Bukeo, Eddie, Reese, and Emil from the academy further fuels my ambition. Another recent high point for me was scoring my first goal for the under-18s in the Premier League Cup against Middlesbrough. It was the winning goal. We secured a clean sheet away from home and it was a much-needed victory after drawing our first game against West Ham. Hopefully I can contribute more goals throughout the season. I've had the opportunity to train with the first team on a few occasions and it was a big challenge. In one particular drill, Zach Schweib and I were tasked with man-marking Reese Nelson and Emil Smith-Rowe, which proved to be no easy feat. The speed of passing and movement was ten times quicker than I expected. In general, the first team have been fantastic with us, and Eddie Nicotia in particular stands out as a humble and approachable figure. I was thrilled to see him score his first Premier League hat-trick for the club against Sheffield United. In terms of my heritage, I'm a blend of English, Welsh and Irish. I've already had the incredible experience of representing Wales at under-16 level, a moment of immense pride given the rich football history of the country. Looking ahead, my goals for the remainder of the season include playing as many games as possible for the under-18s and, if the opportunity arises, progressing even higher up the ranks.
The FA Youth Cup is just around the corner, and I really want to contribute to our journey. Before every game, I have a quirky ritual. I must step onto the pitch with my left foot. Oh, and any items I need on the bench must be placed on the furthest right seat beneath the bench, whether a water bottle or a towel. This ritual brings me comfort and consistency. The past. Favourite Arsenal player of all time. Mesut Ozil. Earliest Arsenal memory. Signing day, under nines with Jack Wilshere. Favourite goal I've scored. A free kick from the halfway line. A football memory that makes me smile. Coming back from 2-0 down versus Derby in national semi-final to win on penalties. Moment I realised I could make it. When I signed my scholarship. One piece of advice I would give my younger self. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Best subject in school, maths. Player who made me fall in love with football, Robin Van Persie. Position growing up, left winger. Coach who has impacted my game most, Adam Birchall. My most clutch moment so far. Last minute tackle versus Leicester in nationals to get us out of our group. The present. Favourite rising baller, Jude Bellingham. Best attribute on the field, passing. Favourite food and drink, sushi, orange juice. Favourite current Arsenal players, Declan Rice, Emile Smith-Rowe. Favourite movie, Creed 2. Hardest working teammate, Cameron Ishmael. Most skillful teammate, Bless Akolbiri. Score or assist, score. Favourite training drill, defending crosses. Favourite music artist, Drake. A place I'd love to visit, Dubai. Sliders or Crocs, Sliders. Strong young gunners are sustainable gunners. Tell us one thing you're doing to help the environment. Recycling. The future. A player who could go all the way is Louis Copley. If I could play with anyone, William Saliba. I'll be happy with my career if cement a place in the Arsenal first team. I want to make a difference by influencing young people. One thing I want to add to my game, dribbling out from the back. If I could get a degree in anything, sports science, I would be a better player if improve my communication. One person I want to meet, Thierry Henry. One trophy I would love to win, World Cup. Dream first team squad number, 5 or 55. If I wasn't playing football, golf. Champions League or World Cup? World Cup. Around the academy, under-18s excel away. Mehmet Ali spoke about the beneficial learning experience the UEFA Youth League has provided following his under-19s 2-1 defeat away to Sevilla on Tuesday, October 24th. Alberto Calado and Jose Antonio Lopez put the home side 2-0 up in the first half before Charles Sago Jr. netted a late consolation. You play in these tournaments and it's an unbelievable learning for our players to experience different cultures, playing against different teams. And again, I just said to the lads in there, unfortunately their style was beating our style, Ali said after the game. When you play a team like Sevilla, 
You can't afford to give sloppy goals away, and that's what we did. We had loads of the ball. We were calm. We were patient at times, which was good. But they know the dark arts very well. They're desperate to win, and their style beat our style. So it's frustrating, but we've got to dust ourselves down and play for pride next time we meet them. We've now suffered defeats in the group stages to PSV Eindhoven, RC Lon and Sevilla, but Ali has taken plenty from the performances, despite being disappointed by the results. It's been brilliant for them, he said. Three different games and their very fine margins at this level. Unfortunately, we've been on the losing side in our three fixtures, and that's difficult to swallow. There's loads to learn from, and so many things that these boys will be picking up playing in this competition. We're devastated and disappointed we've not done better from the scoreline perspective, but some of the performances the boys have put in have been good, but obviously not good enough, so we need to look at ourselves and go again. Regardless of whether we're home or away, knowing this bunch of lads, they're desperate to do well. We've got some real good talent and real good individuals. There's loads to learn and pick up from, and they're getting that exposure, so we're looking forward to going again. Looking at ourselves, seeing how we can improve. And the beauty of this tournament is you get to play every team again, so we're hoping for a better scoreline and performance. Jack Wilshere was delighted with the performance of his under-18s as we secured a hard-fought 1-0 victory against Middlesbrough in the Premier League Cup on Saturday, October 21st. The winning goal came just after the hour mark when Will Sweet headed home from a cleverly worked set-piece to secure three vital points in the group stage. I was pleased with the performance, said Wilshere. I emphasised to the players the importance of cup competitions, especially considering our group format, where only the winner advances to the next round. This made today's game a must-win. For our players, this posed a unique challenge because they've grown up in development football, where the result isn't always the top priority. Nevertheless, games like today are vital for their growth. I thought they were exceptional. While our playing style wasn't always perfect, we consistently demonstrated our ability to compete and be resilient, which is essential, especially when playing away, and we achieved that today. The under-18s head coach also approved of his team's defensive prowess. Before the game, we emphasised the importance of excelling in both boxes. Our opponents were a strong team, particularly defensively, and we had to match their prowess. I thought we were exceptional on the defensive side. Playing for a club like Arsenal, the expectation is often to dominate possession, but today we showcased a different aspect of our game. Our win came from a well-executed set-piece. It truly felt like a classic away win. A week later on Saturday, October 28th, Jack's under-18s showed great resilience as they fought back to secure a point in what he described as a roller coaster of a game after our three-all draw with Crystal Palace in the under-18s Premier League. Trialist Mason Kotcher provided us with the lead just before half-time. However, two quick-fire goals from the hosts early in the second half briefly gave them the lead. Bless Acklebyer's goal then brought us back on level terms, only for the Eagles to regain their lead almost immediately. Thankfully, Amari Benjamin's header salvaged a point for us in the 89th minute. It was a roller coaster of a game, said Wilshire. We were really solid in the first half, and I'm proud of the way we've developed as a team. What I appreciate the most is our fighting spirit and how we stand up for each other. 
However, in the second half, we have to be ready, and we can't afford to start a game like that at any level. We needed to remain fully focused. We can't collapse and give goals away, which makes it difficult for us. Good luck, Jose. It's not often we bring you news of what's happening in another academy, but here's a story that will make supporters of both the Gunners and Sevilla smile. Jose Reyes, son of both clubs' former winger Jose Antonio Reyes, has signed his first professional contract with Real Madrid. year old who joined Real's academy at the age of 11, previously played for Lagan and impressed with the juvenile B-side. Reyes expressed his gratitude on social media. It's a very special moment for me, and I want to thank the club for their trust and my family for their daily support. I will keep working and pushing my hardest to go very far. Reyes Jr. has represented Spain's youth teams, and Real Madrid wasted no time in securing a new deal with him shortly after his 16th birthday. Under-11s visit the Black Cultural Archives. On October 27th, our Under-11 Academy players visited Brixton for a Black History Month celebration day, part of our Respect for Everyone education under the Lifelong Learner programme at Hale End. The day began at Windrush Square, where players paid their respects at the memorial dedicated to African and Caribbean men and women who served in the two world wars. Next, we went to the Black Cultural Archives for a workshop on the history and challenges of black people in the UK. The players explored collections and gained insights into the positive impact Caribbean communities have had on British laws and culture. The afternoon began with a fantastic lunch at Fish Wings and Tings in Brixton Village. Then the players split into groups to visit three black-owned businesses in Brixton Village. They supported Shimiro's, a luxury vegan beauty brand, Round Table Book CIC, an inclusion-led bookshop, and Lion Vibes, a renowned reggae vinyl shop. Players also visited Electric Avenue, known for its diverse markets and shared their learnings about the importance of black history in the UK with coaches in what was an educational and enriching day for our young gunners. UEFA Youth League Qualification Rules We'd like to provide you with an update on the UEFA Youth League qualification. Thanks to our senior team securing a spot in the 2023-24 UEFA Champions League group stages, we've had the opportunity to field an under-19s team in this season's UEFA Youth League. The competition comprises 64 teams, split into two distinct paths of 32 teams, based on their qualification route. These paths are known as the Champions League path and the Domestic Champions path. In the Champions League path, you'll find the 32 teams that earned their place in the Youth League due to their senior team's Champions League qualification. For instance, Arsenal under-19s are part of this path because of their senior team's achievement. Teams in this path are organised into groups mirroring the structure and fixture list of the senior competition. This means that Arsenal under-19s share a group with PSV Eindhoven, Sevilla and Lon. The group stage's top performers include the eight group winners, who advance directly to the round of 16, knockout phase, while the eight runners-up enter the playoffs. The remaining eight domestic champions teams face off against the eight runners-up from the UEFA Champions League path in one-off ties to determine the final eight round of 16 participants. Starting from the round of 16, the knockout phase consists of single-leg ties, ensuring a maximum of 10 matches for any team. 
The semi-finals and final are played in the form of a final tournament at Switzerland's Colovray Stadium. Currently, our team is bottom of Group B, having suffered narrow losses in all three of our group games. Nevertheless, there's still a chance for us to progress from the group if we secure victories in our upcoming three games and receive favourable results elsewhere. Arsenal women. Gunners up and running. Arsenal have recovered from losing their opening game of the season against Liverpool by racking up seven points from their last three games to make their way up the Women's Super League table. The first of those points came from a tricky away trip to Manchester United back on October 6th. Stina Blackstenius gave us the lead with a composed finish on 14 minutes and we were in control, but the hosts levelled on 27 minutes after a slip by keeper Sabrina D'Angelo and took the lead on 81 minutes only for Chloe Lacasse to make it 2-2 with a sensational long-range strike in the 94th minute. We then kick-started our Women's Super League campaign with a sensational comeback victory over Aston Villa at Emirates Stadium on October 15th. It had looked like being another frustrating afternoon in North London after Maz Pacheco gave the visitors a first-half lead, but injury-time goals from Katie McCabe and Alessia Russo gave the Gunners lift-off. The hosts dominated from the start, but it was the visitors who took the lead against the run of play when Villa won a corner on 25 minutes and Pacheco headed past Zinsberger. We hit back hard, racking up 28 shots and hitting the woodwork twice until Victoria Pelova won the ball and released McCabe to lash home in the 93rd minute. And two minutes later, we sealed all three points as sub Beth Mead laid the ball off for Russo to net her first women's Super League goal for the club with a low finish. A double from McCabe then helped a determined Arsenal to a hard-fought but well-deserved 2-1 victory at Bristol City on October 23rd. Again we attacked from the start and on the seventh minute McCabe collected a clearance outside the penalty area and fired an unstoppable shot past keeper Olivia Clark. The lead wasn't to last, as the hosts levelled on 17 minutes when Rachel Furness headed past Manuela Zinsberger with what would turn out to be their only goal attempt of the match. McCabe had the last word, however, collecting the ball from a corner and firing in via a deflection. Arsenal dominated, firing in 25 shots, but two goals were enough. Beth and Viv are back. The whole club has been given a lift by the recent return of both Beth Mead and Vivian Miedema from long-term ACL injuries. England forward Mead, who was injured against Manchester United in November 2022, came on as a late substitute against Aston Villa last month and, with Arsenal trailing, made an instant impact once we had levelled. It was Beth's turn and layoff on the edge of the area that set up Alessia Russo to net the winner. Dutch striker Viv, the Women's Super League's all-time leading scorer, was injured against Lyon last December and made her come back in the 2-1 win over Bristol City. 
Despite not coming on until the 96th minute, she almost had an assist with her first touch, a sensational reverse pass that ended with Caitlin Ford's shot being smothered. We're delighted to have them back. International Goal Rush Katie McCabe is on fire and Caitlin Ford has erupted too, with both Arsenal players netting hat-tricks during the latest international break. Republic of Ireland skipper Katie got the latest international break off to a flying start for the Gunners on tour by scoring a hat-trick in the 5-1 win over Albania in the UEFA Nations League on October 27th and taking her tally to six goals in three games for club and country. Katie's first was a close-range finish after expertly controlling a low cross, while her second took a hefty deflection. The skipper then provided two assists for San Diego Wave striker Kyra Carusa before completing her treble in style with a trademark belter from a short free kick in the 82nd minute. Caitlin, meanwhile, grabbed a hat-trick and four assists for Australia in their 8-0 win over the Philippines in qualifying for the 2024 Olympics on October 29th. A host of other gunners were in action, and there's a fair chance that Victoria Palova and Vivian Medema of the Netherlands and Leia Cordina Spain will be in action in the Nations League semi-finals next February although England's 3-2 defeat in Belgium leaves our Lionesses' hopes in the balance. Chloe and Katie nominated Well done to Chloe Lacasse and Katie McCabe, whose strikes against Man United and Bristol City, respectively, have been nominated for the Women's Super League Goal of the Month Award for October. Voting has closed, so we'll bring you the results when they're in. Ballon d'Or goes to Bonmati. Well done also to Amanda Ilsted, who finished 15th in the voting for the 2023 Ballon d'Or last week. And Katie, again, who was 22nd. Eitana Bonmati of Barcelona and Spain took the prize, having won La Liga, the Champions League, the World Cup and World Cup Golden Ball. Get your Chelsea tickets now. Don't forget that we are back in action at Emirates Stadium for a huge London derby with reigning Women's Super League champions Chelsea on Sunday, December 10th, with kickoff at 12.30pm. Tickets are on sale now, and you can find out more at arsenal.com forward slash tickets. But do also remember that tickets for this game are included in the Arsenal Women's Season Ticket and the Home Advantage Pack. We've sold more than 40,000 already, so come and join us for one of the biggest games of the season. NLD Upgraded The Women's Super League's first North London derby will now take place at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, having originally been scheduled to take place at Leighton Orient's Brisbane Road. The game is due to kick off at 12pm on Saturday, December 16th and has been selected to be shown live on Sky Sports. The Women's Super League encounter will come just three days after our first North London derby of the season at Meadow Park in the Continental Cup at 7pm on December 13th. Tickets are available for that game now. Thank you.
Sevilla, tonight's visitors, formed 1890. Stadium, Ramon Sanchez Pizuan. Since 1958, capacity 42,714. President, Jose Castro Carmona. Honours, La Liga winners, 1945-46. Segunda Division winners, 1929, 1933-34, 1968-69, 2000-2001. Coffer del Rey winners, 1935, 1939, 1948, 2007, 2010. Spanish most appearances, Jesus Navas, 666, 2003 onwards. Most goals, Guillermo Campanal, 226, 1929-1946. Reigning UEFA Europa League champions, Sevilla lifted that trophy for a record-extending seventh time in 2022-23 a season they had entered nine months earlier with a sobering 6-0 defeat by Arsenal here in the Emirates Cup. The Gunners got the better of the Andalusian side again two weeks ago at the Estadio Ramon Sanchez Pizuan, winning 2-1 to move to the top of Champions League Group B and leave their hosts in third spot with just the two points they had earned from opening draws against Lens 1-1 home and PSV 2-2 away. Although Sevilla are associated first and foremost with the Europa League, claiming the trophy for an astonishing fifth time in ten seasons last May, with a penalty shootout victory over Roma in Budapest, 1-1, this is actually the club's unprecedented fourth successive Champions League group stage campaign and ninth in total. They have progressed to the knockout phase on five previous occasions, though not in either of the last two campaigns, and reached the quarter-finals once in 2017-18. Sevilla qualified directly for this season's Champions League through their Europa League triumph, but finished a lowly 12th in La Liga last term. The club's worst showing since they were promoted to it in 2001. They had not finished outside the top 10 for 21 straight years, claiming fourth place three seasons running from 2019-22-2021-22. The club changed head coach twice last season, Yulen Lofetegui leaving for Wolves in October and making way for former boss Jorge Zampaloli, who in turn ceded his place to Jose Luis Mendilibar in March. The latter transformed the club's fortunes, rescuing them from a potential relegation scrap while also continuing their remarkable run of Europa League successes. But he too was shown the door last month following a very disappointing start to La Liga. With Diego Alonso, who led his native Uruguay at last year's World Cup, coming in and overseeing the defeat by Arsenal in just his second game in charge. The first being a 1-1 draw at home to Real Madrid. There has been a proliferation of draws for Sevilla of late, but victories have been hard to come by. 
their 3-0 success in the Coffa del Rey at Lower League Quintanama, last week ending a six-match winless run across all competitions. Next up in La Liga for the Rogi Blancos is a home fixture against City rivals Real Betis on Sunday. Three points would certainly be welcome in that one, just as they would here in North London tonight. Diego Alonso, head coach, born 16th of April 1975, Montevideo, Uruguay. Previously, Bella Vista, 2011 to 12, Guarani, 2012 to 13, Penarola, 2013, Olympia, 2014, Panchuca, 2014 to 18, Monterey, 2018 to 2019. Inter Miami, 2019 to 2021. Uruguay, 2021 to 2023. Since Unai Emery left Sevilla in June 2016, the club has changed head coach ten times. The latest incumbent is 48-year-old Alonso, who was appointed on October 10th, thus ending an inactive seven-month spell following his dismissal from the Uruguay national team. The former striker led his country at the World Cup in Qatar, but was unable to steer them past the group stage. His major successes have been in Mexico, notably winning the 2016-17 CONCACAF Champions League with Pachuca. Number 13. Orjan Nyland. Born Volda, Norway, 10th of September 1990. Previously, Hod, Molda, Ingolstadt. Aston Villa, Norwich, Bournemouth, Reading, Leipzig. A former Aston Villa keeper who also had short spells with three championship clubs, Orjan is a Norway national team colleague of Martin Odegaard and last month earned his 50th international cap against Spain. He moved to that country in the summer on a free transfer from RB Leipzig and recently ousted Marco Dimitrovic as Sevilla's first choice keeper. Number 16. Jesus Navas. Born Los Palacios, Spain. 21st of November 1985. Previously, Sevilla, Manchester City. Navas has appeared in more games for Sevilla than any other player in a 20-year career, interrupted only by four years at Manchester City, from 2013 to 17, during which he won the Premier League and two League Cups. A right-back who has also operated successfully as a right-winger, he turns 38 later this month, but is still active for Spain and needs one more cap to reach the half-century. Number 4. Sergio Ramos. Born Sevilla, Spain. 30th of March 1986. Previously, Sevilla, Real Madrid, Paris Saint-Germain. Ramos returned to his hometown club after 18 years away this summer. 16 of those at Real Madrid, with whom he won 22 major honours, including four Champions Leagues. A right-back turned centre-back, he retired from playing for Spain in 2021, with a record 180 caps, winning two Euros and the 2010 World Cup. He made his 140th UCL appearance against Arsenal two weeks ago. Number 6. Nemanja Gudjel Born Belgrade, Serbia, 16th November 1991. Previously, NAC Breda, 
AZ Alkmaar, Ajax, Tianjin Teda, Guangzhou, Evergrande, Sporting Lisbon, Loan. Serbian international Gudelj struggled with injuries during the early part of his career, but he has settled well in southern Spain, contributing greatly to Europa League successes in 2019-20 and 2022-23. A midfielder turned defender, he has scored in his last two Champions League matches, though it was his missed penalty that led to a shootout defeat to Man City in this season's UEFA Super Cup. Number 10. Ivan Ratichik Born Rheinfelden, Switzerland, 10th of March 1988 Previously, Basel, Schalke, Sevilla, Barcelona Although he represented Switzerland at various youth levels, Ratichik has become one of Croatia's greatest ever players, scoring 15 goals in 106 internationals between 2007 and 2019. Now in his second spell with Sevilla, after six years at Barcelona, where he won 13 trophies, including the 2014-15 Champions League, the midfield schema claimed his second Europa League title with the club last season. Number 5. Lucas Ocampos Born Buenos Aires, Argentina, 11th of July 1994 Previously, River Plate, Monaco, Marseille Genoa, Lone, AC Milan, Lone, Ajax, Lone. A gifted Argentinian attacking midfielder who first came to prominence in Europe with Marseille, Ocampos moved to Sevilla in 2019 and enjoyed a fine debut season, scoring 17 goals in all competitions and winning the Europa League. He lifted the trophy again last term after returning in mid-campaign from an ill-fated loan spell at Ajax, and scored on match day one this season in the 1-1 home draw against Lenz. Number 11. Dodi Luca Bacchio. Born Assay, Belgium, 24th of September 1997. Previously, Anderlecht, Toulouse, Lone, Charlois, Watford, Fortuna Dusseldorf, Lone, Hertha Berlin, Wolfsburg, Lone. Belgian winger Luca Bacchio joined on a five-year contract in August after spending five years in the German Bundesliga, most of them with Hertha Berlin. The 26-year-old started his international career with DR Congo, but switched allegiance to Belgium and scored his first two goals for the Red Devils in last month's 3-2 win in Austria, that booked their place at Euro 2024. Number 15. Youssef N. Nesiri. Born Fez, Morocco. 1st of June 1997. Previously, Malaga, Legan. A star of last year's World Cup where he started all seven games for Morocco and scored two goals, including the historic quarter-final winner against Portugal, N. Nasiri has been the focal point of the severe attack for the past four years. He has already scored three goals against English clubs in 2023 against Manchester United in the Europa League and one against Manchester City in the UEFA Super Cup. Scouting Report Text Adrian Clark Tactics Sevilla are in the process of forging a fresh identity under new head coach Diego Alonso who likes to deploy a 4-3-3. The former Uruguay boss is not obsessed by being possession heavy 
In the UEFA Champions League, they average 51%, but he will encourage his players to pass out from the back and build through the thirds. In the first half, when hosting us on MD3, they struggled in this department, and recently they conceded twice from turnovers against Cadiz when losing the ball inside their own half. Arsenal's pressing is sure to test Sevilla's distribution this evening. Style of play During a stern second-half examination at the Ramon Sanchez Pijuan a fortnight ago, Sevilla tested us with 15 crosses, including 11 from open play. They love to push their full-backs on to create overloads down both wings, and from those positions Alonso's side will send a stream of balls into the danger zone. We must try to stop these crosses at source as they have a number of players who are excellent at attacking aerial balls such as striker Yusef N. Nesiri. Sevilla are also a decent pressing outfit. Athletic Bilbao are the only other Spanish team to have fashioned more high turnovers than our opponents 108, so care will be needed inside our own half. Strengths Sevilla's squad is packed with players that have vast experience on the European stage. Sergio Ramos, Ivan Ratajic and Jesus Navas are three high-profile members of a side that has plenty of big-game nows. Their expert game management is a real strength. Tonight's opposition also pose a huge threat from corners and wide free kicks. Domestically, they have created 12 more chances from set pieces than any other side, 58, scoring five times in La Liga already. Central defender Nemanja Gudjeld headed home from an outstanding corner in that 2-1 win, so Mikel Arteta's team should be highly focused from set plays. Weaknesses A lack of pace in central defence was brilliantly exposed by Gabriel Martinelli during that victory in Spain. The Brazilian burst through with a couple of piercing runs from deep that Sevilla were unable to cope with, scoring from his second 1v1. Gugel and Ramos are not the most mobile centre-backs, and because Sevilla are a pressing side who want to congest space inside the opponent's half, they do hold a high line on occasion. This can be undone by passes played in behind their back four, as Gabriel Jesus showed to great effect when setting up Martinelli's goal. Key man. Creating 11 chances already in this year's competition, veteran midfielder Ivan Ratajic must be shackled closely. The talented playmaker is capable of producing moments of inspiration inside the final third, both in open play and from set pieces. Off the ball, he regains possession frequently, and in possession the Croatian makes Sevilla as a classy link man between defence and attack. His long switch passes to the flanks are a key part of their style of play, while behind him Sergio Ramos is another who can launch attacks with a single quality pass. There's no doubt that N. Nesri and Lucas Ocampos are major goal threats in this contest, but the key to negating our opponents is to keep Ratic quiet. Match action. Sevilla versus Arsenal. Sevilla 1, Arsenal 2. Sevilla scorer. Kudic, 58th minute. Arsenal scorers. Martinelli, 45th minute plus 3. Jesus, 53rd minute. 
Tuesday, 24th of October, 2023. Estadio Ramon Sanchez Pizjuan. Key moments. Eighth minute. Martinelli is through on goal, but the keeper makes a good low save. 45th minute. Martinelli latches on to a superb Jesus pass before rounding the keeper to open the scoring. 53rd minute. Jesus rifles home the second from a narrow angle. 58th minute. Gudej heads home from a corner. Match facts. This was only the second time we'd scored more than once away to a Spanish side in the Champions League from 13 previous visits. Gabriel Jesus is the second player to score in his first three appearances for us in the competition after Marouane Chamac in 2010. This was the 30th match in which Gabriel Martinelli has scored for us in all competitions and we've remained undefeated when he's found the net. One twenty-five, drawn five. Quotes. Gabriel Martinelli. It couldn't be better. I think we played really well. I scored and the team won the match, so it couldn't be better as I said, and I'm so happy with the performance of the team. Last night I was just in bed thinking about this moment, and how it could be, and how I wanted it to be. Match stats. Expected goals. Sevilla. 0.75. Arsenal. 1.93. Shots. Sevilla, 11. Arsenal, 14. Shots on target. Sevilla, 2. Arsenal, 4. Hit woodwork. Sevilla, 0. Arsenal, 0. Possession. Sevilla, 56%. Arsenal, 44%. Completed passes. Sevilla, 448. Arsenal, 341. Corners. Sevilla, 4. Arsenal, 5. Tackles, 1. Sevilla, 9. Arsenal, 10. Offsides. Sevilla, 1. Arsenal, 1. Yellow cards. Sevilla, 2. Arsenal, 1. Red cards. Sevilla, 0. Arsenal, 0. Match action. Premier League, Saturday, 28th of the 10th, 2023, 3pm, Emirates Stadium. Arsenal 5, Sheffield United 0. Key moments. 28 minutes. Nketiah turns and finishes smartly in the box for the opener. 50, Nketiah scores his second from close range. 58, Nketiah lashes home the third from outside the area. 88, Vieira is fouled and scores the penalty himself. 90. Tomiyasu prods home his first Gunners goal. Match facts. Takahiro Tomiyasu became the first ever Japanese player to score a Premier League goal for us. We have had four different penalty scorers in the Premier League so far this season. Eddie Nketiah became the 22nd different hat-trick scorer for us in Premier League history. Quotes. Bukayo Saka. I don't really know how to describe it, being captain. You know me and you know where I've come from. The Academy. To be at the front leading the boys out today was just unbelievable. I'm lost for words. It's hard to describe this feeling. It's just amazing.
Match Action Carabao Cup Wednesday 1st of November 2023, 7.30pm, London Stadium West Ham United, 3 White, 16 Own Goal Kudus, 50 A. Agued Bowen, 60 Arsenal, 1 Odegaard, 90 plus 6 A. Vieira Key Moments 16. White puts into his own net from a corner. 50. Kudus smacks home United second. 60. Bowen's deflected effort makes it 3-0. 90. Odegaard scores a late consolation into the corner. Match Facts This is only the third time we've lost to West Ham in our last 33 meetings. Martin Odegaard's goal was the ninth time this season a substitute had netted for us. Ben White's own goal was the first own goal we've conceded since William Saliba for Leicester in August last year. Quotes Mikel Arteta I'm very disappointed with the result and the performance, and I'm responsible for that. I tried to warn them for 48 hours that today was about how you're going to compete in these games and in the Carabao Cup away from home, we haven't done that well enough. Match stats Expected goals West Ham 0.42 Arsenal 0.73 Shots West Ham 5 Arsenal 14 Shots on target West Ham 3, Arsenal 3. Hit Woodwork. West Ham 0, Arsenal 0. Possession. West Ham 28%, Arsenal 72%. Completed Passes. West Ham 203, Arsenal 608. Corners. West Ham 4, Arsenal 6. Tackles 1, West Ham 14, Arsenal 5. Offsides, West Ham 1, Arsenal 0. Yellow Cards, West Ham 0, Arsenal 0. Red Cards, West Ham 0, Arsenal 0. Teams. Teams. For Arsenal, manager Mikel Arteta. Shirt, red with white sleeves. Shorts, white. Socks, white. 1. Aaron Ramsdale, goalkeeper. 2. William Saliba. 4. Ben White. 5. Thomas Partey. 6. Gabriel Magalhães. 7. Bakayo Saka. 8. Martin Odegaard 9. Gabriel Jesus 10. Emile Smith-Rowe 11. Gabriel Martinelli 14. Eddie Nikataya 15. Jacob Kiwior 17. Cedric Soares 18. Takehiro Tomiyasu 19. Leandro Trossard 20. Jorginho 21. Fabio Vieira.
22. David Raya, goalkeeper. 24. Reese Nelson. 25. Mohamed El Neni. 29. Kai Havertz. 31. Karl Hein, goalkeeper. 35. Alexandra Zinchenko. 41. Declan Rice. 54. James Hilson, goalkeeper. 72. Lino Sousa. For Sevilla, head coach, Diego Alonso. Shirt, blue and black. Shorts, black. Socks, dark blue. 1. Marco Dimitrovic, goalkeeper. 2. Federico Gattoni. 3. Adria Pedrosa. 4. Sergio Ramos. 5. Lucas Ocampos. 6. Nemanja Gudej. 7. Suso. 8. Joan Jordan. 9. Rafa Mir. 10. Ivan Rakitic. 11. Dodi Lukabakio. 12. Mariano Diaz. 13. Orlan Nyland, goalkeeper. 14. Tangai Nianzu. 15. Yusef and Nezri. 16. Jesus Navas. 17. Eric Lamela. 18. Dujibril Sal. 19. Marcos Acuna. 20. Fernando. 21. Oliver Torres. 22. Lowich Bade. 24. Bubakarai Sumari. 26. Juan Lu. 27. Kike Salas. 28. Manuel Bueno. 31. Alberto Flores, goalkeeper. 33. Matthias Arbel, goalkeeper. Tonight's other UEFA Champions League fixtures, 8pm unless stated. Napoli vs Union Berlin, 5.45pm. Real Sociedad vs Benfica, 5.45pm. Bayern Munich vs Galatasaray. FC Copenhagen vs Manchester United. PSV Eindhoven vs RC Lon. Real Madrid vs Braga. RB Salzburg vs Inter Milan. No room for racism. The Arsenal Foundation. Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. Camden Town Brewery, official beer partner of Arsenal FC. Emirates, Arsenal official partner. Travel with peace of mind. Fly better. Premier League. 30 years of stories. 30 years of lungs busting, nets bulging, audacious goals, outrageous flicks. 
Academy Breakthroughs, Legends Return. 30 years of gasps, groans, chants. Full-time cheers, full-time tears, saying we were there. But that's not all. The game is just the start. 30 years of supporting communities. 30 years of investing in the wider game. 30 years of thrilling football. Made possible by 30 years of your support. Premier League. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.